This is the Clean Web Conversations podcast, growing the global clean web community. It is your host, Woon Tan. So welcome to another episode of Clean Web TV. My name is Woon Tan and with me today I've got Matt Golden. Matt, you're the CEO of Open EE Meter, Open Energy Efficiency Meter. You're also the lead for Environmental Defense Fund's Investor Confidence Project. And in your previous life, you've been a founder of Recurve Inc., which is a tablet-based energy analytics software for the home performance industry based on your experience as an energy audit consultant and doing energy retrofits. Uh, welcome to the show, and um, it's, uh, it's a pleasure to be invited here at your house here in Sausalito, California. Yeah, welcome. Um, and yeah, I, so I met you at the Paris um, conference in the, for the Energy Unlocked uh, launch, and, and so we got chatting, and I was really curious. Um, so let's, let's jump in straight into uh, Open EE Meter. What, what, what does it do? So... Energy efficiency is a strange commodity. It's, it's something that doesn't actually exist. We're yeah. measuring the difference between what would have been and what is after some sort of intervention has taken place. Um, and so energy, the open EE meter uh, takes advantage of the fact that we finally have access to energy, energy data in the form in, in the U.S. of something called Green Button and Green okay, Button yeah. Connect, which gives, gives us the ability to get interval data from the utility on customers' performance, uh, energy use. And we've also standardized data feeds in terms of all of the data coming out of the field from people auditing houses and doing retrofits. And uh, because because we have access to the data, we can now quantify energy efficiency in a way that we've never been able to before. And we're even coming up with a new word for it, which is a bit of a problem considering it's, in, it's energy efficiency is actually in the name of the open e-meter, but um, we're calling it demand capacity. Okay. And what this means is that it's not just base load energy efficiency, it's actually load shape, so it includes time and locational data. And uh, when you start to understand efficiency in that light, and you start to look at it also in the form of a portfolio, not individual buildings, you get very high confidence intervals that energy is, that the, that the savings are real, and it starts to look a lot like capacity, and so it can become something that plays into distributed energy resource markets that are emerging um, right next to storage and demand response and solar and grid infrastructure and all these other grid services that are coming into play, and now energy efficiency is not, you know, a program uh, or, you know, a logo on the side of your your TV set that says it's Energy Star. It's actually something that folks in utility procurement can look at as another form of capacity or another resource that they can bring to bear to manage the distributed uh, new grid that's emerging. And it really is in California a totally new world right now. Um, we're experiencing negative energy costs on an almost daily basis, and so it's a whole new set of rules. So it's, it's really interesting from a sort of market point of view because it's, it means that it's, uh, you, you're sort of advancing the market because it's, um, you're able to quantify the, the value of energy efficiencies in a standardized approach. That, uh, that means there's, there's a lot of benefits that is unlocked. Yeah, we're, we're really establishing a market for the first time. Um, we talk about markets in kind of this general sense. Yeah. Like, hey, we're going to do market transformation, but fundamentally a market is... Uh, two or more parties trading on a product and a price. Yep. And efficiency, we haven't had an actual product. Okay. We haven't agreed on what it is. And so this is really, and, th and this really speaks to why it has to be open and transparent and ubiquitous and automatic and replicable, is that we're really establishing a weights and measures. I mean, this is like the bushel of corn for energy efficiency right. or the kilogram or the kilowatt hour or the BTU. 
And uh, it's a calculated value, it's a derivative. So everyone needs to understand it, it needs to be transparent. Um, and you know, measurement has to be something that really all players in the market can reliably account for. Um, and so for the first time, what the open EE meter does is it creates that weights and measures and it allows, um, we've been in this world, frankly, where no one really knows what's going on. You know, it's all, we do white papers and studies and then they do rebate programs and cross their fingers and a bunch of people run out and install equipment. <laughs> And uh, the folks that are actually running the programs don't have a full understanding of what's happening, and the contractors and the product manufacturers have almost no data about right. what's really going on in the field and what the real outcomes are. And so the big revolution that we're about to see, there's a, there's a lot of market changes that are going to happen, but fundamentally we're going from a, a world where pretty much nobody has any clear idea the results of what they're, met, what they're doing is, is, is actually delivering. And uh, really in the next couple of years, we're going to move into this world, especially in residential and small medium business, where you have a, really a lot of data emerging quickly. Um, and I'll talk about the differences between commercial. And yeah, yeah. But fundamentally, residential. when you look at residential, and, and particularly in California, we have just a tremendous amount of data emerging. And the big, the big evolution is going to be, we're going to go from this world where really folks don't actually have the data to understand what's happening having all the data one needs in a, in a standard way to actually figure out what's going on. And that, that's really going to be the basis. That's really the basis for all the innovation that's about to happen is that ability to actually know what's happening. And, you know, it's not just the data, but it's the knowledge that's going to come from it. Yeah. So, so just let me sort of quote what, um, what you sort of um, say in one of your articles in Green Tech Media. You say that um, the frequently used analogy of energy efficiency being low-hanging fruit is misleading if energy efficiency were, in fact, easy to pick like a ripe apple on a low branch after 40 years of programs, more of it would have been picked instead. If it is much more like wild strawberries, it takes a lot of people on their hands and knees a long time to fill a basket. Right. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of little things and a lot of little places. And, uh, you know, that really speaks to this evolution. It's such a complicated market that's emerging, especially because it's not just about saving energy. It's about knowing when and where to save energy. Mm. Save energy in California at two thirty in the afternoon in a lot of locations. It costs everybody money. Yeah, right. When it's neg we have a, literally have a negative cost of energy. So it's such a complex problem. You can't solve it in a through a white paper and through a you know hiring consultants in a conference room. It's really that the messiness of the market is actually where the real solutions are going to emerge. And it is going to take lots of different business models, reaching lots of different customers with tons of different technologies. Um, and right now, we're, you know, this is the heart of Silicon Valley, and we have all this massive innovation happening, and most of it can't reach the market because mm. of the regulations involved, right? The amount of white papers involved and to get an actual program running. And so here we are in the heart of innovation, and most of that innovation is sidelined. And what this really, what we're hoping this will, will achieve, and frankly, we have the participation of you know, PG&E, one of the largest utilities in the entire country, and regulators, and now state law has changed to enable this, this transition is to say, look, you know, we're not going to try to figure out the solution anymore. What we're going to do is create a marketplace that values the results, really not just not, not some abstract way, but as a real resource where it's competing with other resources in the market. Right. So it's not, and uh, let the solutions emerge out of that. So, so, so for me, what's really exciting is the the sort of it's almost a clean web approach to energy efficiency because uh, with with a platform you're actually creating a, a market where you could you could. Uh, enable these sort of changes through through what a platform is really good at, which is to standardize and to sort of um, create sort of aggregation and slicing or dicing of uh, energy efficiency in terms of the value it creates or, or how it's being done. But also at the same time, you're you're encouraging and you're, you're allowing the innovations to happen right. by by the sort of local approach that uh, innovators are best at the, the sort of 
um, the the and, and at the same time the the investors could sort of then come in and track and value the impact that uh, that you actually could, or the investors or the the sort of players that are in this market could actually are claiming to sort of uh, to sort of uh, uh, result in right and, and that's actually I mean there's many different facets to it but a big one is opening up the marketplace to innovation and that you know fundamentally it's about rewarding the right outcomes yeah. getting away from you know whether it's an app or a better furnace or insulation or you trained your construction crews or you taught a homeowner to close the window before they run their air <laughs> conditioner um, whatever that is you know, that's that's where the innovation is going to happen and frankly however you take all of that and package it into something people really want to buy yeah um, that's the business model that's no longer the program the, 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 the public sector side is saying well there's a value to the carbon um Frankly, it's a direct value, and it, you know, we it's and we would have had to build a power plant. Yeah. But if we invest in this cheaper resource, we don't have to build a power plant. We don't have to replace all these transformers on these poles behind me. Um, yeah, because energy efficiency is one of the the lowest cost as well as the sort of cleanest yeah, form it, of. Yeah. It, it tends to be extremely resource. low cost. It also provides a host of other benefits, right? So it's uh, and frankly, that's been crippling it in these programs. Is especially in California, we look at the total cost of a project when maybe 80% of the reason people are doing it is because they want a warm house, not to save energy. And yeah. so um, the good news is is that residential energy efficiency uh, is about $40 billion a year in the U.S. Just most of that stuff, they don't, they're not, they don't know they're doing efficiency, which means they're not getting the benefits. But also there's no incentive alignment, um, which means you don't make more money by well, saving more. The customer yep. might save a little more down the road, but you know, the businesses don't really have a direct yeah. incentive. Um, and what we're riding here, and what, the real promise in California, especially with this initial pilots that PG&E's talked about and that we're hoping to move forward next year, that have also embodied in kind of this SB 350 and AB 802, which are two laws that, uh, that passed recently in the state that really changed a number of the rules, um, is to say, uh, you know, to take energy efficiency and transition it from, you know, a rebate that you get up front. Yeah. And if you get paid in advance, you're going to get regulated. There's just no two ways around it. Um, you've just misaligned incentives. Like no other market in the world that you can. I mean, just get, try to think of a place where you do an engineering model, right? An Excel spreadsheet or something, and you say, "All right, I think I'm going to grow, you know, a thousand bushels of alfalfa." On, you know, and someone writes you a check. Yeah. Probably wouldn't fertilize or water, right? And so, what we want, what we want to do is take energy efficiency and move it out of these kind of false, fake constructs, proxies, yeah. and turn it into a real market where you get paid for the actual results of your work at its true value. Over time, like any other, like your solar plant, right? There's you sign a PPA, you get paid for what you deliver. Yeah. You don't get paid in advance, and that aligns the incentives. It also turns, and, and so now you don't have to regulate because not really, you have to regulate health and safety and the base, you know make sure the market no one's cheating that stuff you see in every market. But you don't have to regulate every step in the process. It's it's, it's almost like bringing efficiency to the energy efficiency market. Yeah, establishing that marketplace yeah. and. Uh, and it also turns it into a cash flow, yeah. right? And so we talk about project finance and energy efficiency a lot. We use those words. And what we really mean, we're really saying we're financing projects. Project finance is actually a different beast. So project finance, which is what you'd use to build a power plant, is actually financing cash flows, yeah. not financing the project. Basically. Yeah, so it's, it's sort of discounting the cash flows and then exactly. sort of and that's pricing the, the uncertainty into it. Exactly. And so... We're taking efficiency out of this like upfront rebate and saying no, no. On a, now at a portfolio level, um, you're getting paid for your results over time. That's creating this long-term cash flow. And it turns out energy efficiency at a portfolio level is very, very reliable. On an individual building, there's a diminishing return on engineering. You can only be so right. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't. 
I buy a new hot tub or something, right? You can't afford, you know, maybe for commercial buildings, and this is where some of the differences lie. In residential, you can't go out and say, oh, you know, your bills went up. Did you buy some new TVs? Do you have a baby? What'd you do? So, but at a portfolio level, you get these very smooth standard deviation curves. If you get projects that are similar bundled together, you get very consistent, very reliable returns. And uh, so you end up with, if you have a utility as a counterparty, buying your savings, and you've got this portfolio of a few hundred residential buildings that did some similar stuff, you have a very, very highly probable outcome and a very probable long-term cash flow that you can then finance with private money to drop, basically to use that money to reduce upfront costs, build better products for customers, make this, frankly, make this industry lucrative enough to invest yeah. in. I mean, that's one of the big problems we have in efficiency is that in the regulated world, the regulator's job is they're trying to squeeze the margin out. What that results in is essentially a business model that's not profitable enough. I mean, if you look at the money that any of the solar companies are losing every quarter, I don't want to use that as a model exactly, <laughs> but if you're going to grow a business, um, you've got to uh, you got to be able to you got to be you have to invest in it, and you have to have returns that actually make sense out the other side. Yeah, um, and we're just not there in, in, in efficiency. So, so Matt, um, so we were, we we're talking about the the whole sort of the energy efficiency market space being sort of. Um, Homogenized because of what you're creating now, and and you 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 talk about how because the data is available, you can actually predict uh, make predictions a lot more accurately, mm -hmm. which then helps uh, investment and sort of tracking of how how the sort of returns are, are sort of flowing back. Um, so, so how 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 do you explain this sort of openness in terms of the data like because I know there are sort of changes in standards of data that's happening that's allowing your platform to be to be, to be right. sort of and, and I, so one of the distinctions honestly is between open data mm. and kind of an open system okay and in, inherently the system we're creating actually is not open data in that sense in the sense that um, every actor whether it's a some sort of provider that's going out and doing retrofits or a utility or a finance company actually they own their own data. Yeah. So the so the openness is the fact that the platform, the data standards, and the calculations being performed are all transparent, you know, open yeah. on GitHub, open source, under an MIT license, which is a very lenient software license, allows people to use it for whatever they want, frankly. Um, we love open data, yeah. fundamentally, but uh, it actually would be a deterrent, right? So if you, you know, in a finance business, one's ability, well, the, one's data is the business, yeah, right? Exactly, so yeah. if we want people to invest in business models, this, and, the, and frankly, we get this quite a bit in public sector where it's just this, oh, everything should be open. Well, not, not entirely, <laughs> right? If the result of your business model is your data, and I've been on this end, it recurved a lot of data. And uh, one, at one point, I think it was the, the Energy Star program said, hey, you got to give us all this data, or we're not, you know, not going to use your, you can't use the logo anymore. And frankly, our response was, all right, well, we won't use the logo anymore because this is our data. We're not yeah. sharing it that way. Um, so, you know, there's this groovy factor of making it all open and public. That's not really what it's about fundamentally. Um, that we'd like to see, we, we facilitate that being an outcome. Yeah. Um, you know, we'd like to see more data being, at least at an aggregate level, open. Now, in terms of the standards, um, everything's always evolving, but uh, we've, we've hit a few benchmarks recently, which we can build on, which one is Green Button, okay, yeah. which is a standard for really designed around electric utility rates and, and, and utility data, now implementing gas as well. It's pretty ubiquitous. Um, again, you, Throughout California, PG&E has something now called Share My Data, 
which allows us to have a customer authorized through a web interface and basically give us an API and we're able to pull and get the get interval data. So hourly gas and uh, starting hopefully January 4th, daily, I'm sorry, hourly electric in January 4th uh, of 2016, we'll be able to get daily gas, right. which is uh, a lot of granularity. And then on the project data side, um, there's really two pieces that are sort of integrated. One is called Home Performance XML, um, which is something I've been working on for like a decade now. Is actually some of its origins were stuff that just spat out of the software I was writing back in the day. Um, that's an HPXML, Home Performance XML, has been adopted in California, in New York, Arizona, and a bunch of other states. It's kind of a, a, an interoperable data structure. So there's all sorts of tools that contractors are using in the markets to make predictions, which is really a form of underwriting, yeah. right? Um, for savings and gather data about buildings and ECMs. And now out of those, all those different tools comes the standard package of, of XML that can be uploaded into the opening meter or right. a finance company's underwriting software, et cetera. Yeah. Um, it'll evolve. Uh, Frank, and then in the commercial side, we have something that actually also sort of incorporates the XML called the Building Energy Data Exchange Specification, BEADS, which is a DOE uh, data set, or XML and standard and schema. It's really more focused on commercial, kind of incorporates HPXML into it. And so we're kind of, that, that's the data spec, and we're, we're, they're evolving constantly. Like every state that implements HPXML, you know, there's all sorts of changes we have to make every single time. Yeah. But, um, but, we're in a great, but compared to where we've been, we're in a fantastic place from a data standpoint. <laughs> so, so am I right in thinking that the, because of the openness in the, uh, the open standards that's sort of around it, it, means that it can be used in any energy markets in the world. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing, um, there's nothing special geographically yeah. about energy efficiency. And so, um, and this also speaks to the Investor Confidence Project we talked about, where, yeah. where frankly, there are more differences. Okay. But, a, but, a, right. but a project is a project. You have, you have to baseline energy consumption. You're going to make some sort of estimate of savings. It has to be implemented, operated, and measured at the end. And, you, and that's ubiquitous. It frankly doesn't, ma it doesn't matter what continent you're on. Yeah. That's, those are the steps in the process. Um, and when we're calculating energy savings, this is, this is stats and math. It's, yeah. not, it, it's really, you know, so... It's, it's universal. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, we actually have an ANSI process up and running. Which is in the a standard setting a consensus standard setting process, where which is bringing everyone together and saying, look, there isn't really any being better at this, you know, because a bunch of, there's a bunch of proprietary vendors that have kind of initially tried to stake their claim of like we have the best calculation. Method. Yeah. Well, there is no best because there is no right answer yeah. in energy efficiency. It's just getting all the stakeholders around the table to agree, yeah. and then get more and then refine that answer. But the critical piece is that we all have to get the same answer. Because um, right now, if you were to give 100 residential buildings to five different engineers, you're going to get somewhere on the order of seven to nine answers, and they're all going to be right. That's the problem. And so, so really, this is a derivative. It's a calculated value, and we need to agree on the methods. And it's not really, honestly, that hard to do because it's kind of. But the, there's all these little decisions baked into how you calculate the savings. Like, how do you pick a weather station? Um, as a good example, how do you calculate a weather norm? And there's different methods and. Um, there's a, you can have a robust discussion, but you have to then decide, and you and I have to use the same method or we get in yeah. trouble. And so that, that's really what the open meter is kind of forcing is this agreement. Yep. Um, and frankly, in the U.S., we spend well over $200 million. Some might even say more like $400 million, but at least $200 million a year on EM&V reports. And so like the, our, instead of having a re replicable meter that's transparent, what we have is a bunch of really big consulting companies running around writing the same report for 50 different PUCs over and over and over again at huge expense. But not just the cost, the uncertainty it creates. 
um, in the market is untenable. So if you're out actually you know, trying to generate energy savings, um, but it's, you don't know how much yeah. you saved until four and, years and later. That's and where the sort of misalignment in, in it's not, yeah. So it's a misalignment, yeah. but also like you don't know what you saved until some <laughs> consulting company comes in and they do some phone polls and a bunch of what feels like black magic and <laughs> you know and and so that's not something that's easily bet upon, right? Like that, the uncertainty of not knowing what that's going to be it, it means that uh, now you're uncertain what your product is, and even if you have a certain price, you know, good luck. Yeah. And uh, and and frankly, there's a long history that I could, that you can see of. Uh, you know these reports coming back and taking half the savings away, and you know, and, and, and we want to iron that out. You know, if we want this market to exist, we have to agree what is an energy unit of savings. It has to be something you can calculate. Everyone gets the same answer, combined with a PPA with a firm price by an investment grade entity, and that gives you this long-term cash flow. Um, you know, and frankly, it doesn't mean some of the EM and V we are doing currently is invalid. Right. It's just not part of a meter, right? So a meter is automatic and replicable going to bet on a derivative we have to have that calculation right there and say that's the calculation we're all using and what we've been doing is baking a lot of stuff in there which should be pricing and yeah. so i'm trying to say it's really the it's not the m and v is not the problem it's the e the evaluation piece right so so in a way you're allowing the the, the sort of you're sort of internalizing these aspects that are not part of the market at, at the moment Yes. Yeah, so what I want to do is take e- the evaluation piece and I want to focus on the root of evaluation, which is valuation, <laughs> okay. right? And so this is going to be a little bit weedy for potentially some of the audience, but one of the big concerns is something called free ridership. You know, do I give you a rebate and you would have, you were about to install that furnace anyways, and then I wasted my rebate, which is kind of how like a, you know, Bed Bath & Beyond in the U.S. sends out coupons. It's how you think of a coupon. Like, did my coupon work? Well, if you yeah. were going to go buy bed sheets in advance and I sent you a coupon and now you get 20% off... I just wasted that money, right? But it's really not appropriate for a market fundamentally. So it's really just kind of a come out of where we've been and like you know this this past it's kind of st- odd structure that we've had for energy efficiency. So um, free ridership is a good example. And so if you're giving out coupons, that's how you think of free ridership. You just wasted your coupon. But if it's if you're procuring a resource and 20% of the people were going to do it anyways, what that really means is 20% of the savings that you're measuring were already in your baseline. Which means you need double to counting, in right? The, it means yeah. you have to procure more to yeah. have the same effect. And if it's all about just getting electrons, it means you increase your procurement. It doesn't mean you discount your measurement by twenty percent. Yeah, that makes sense. And so yeah. we're kind of separating things, and, and we're building that into pricing. And so the utilities need to figure out what, how reliable is energy efficiency? What actual change is going to be there that they weren't that wasn't already in their you know their forecast that they already are using, and build that into the price, not into how you measure. Yeah. You know, and so that you get this, you get this consistent long-term cash flow, and it's not, you're not subjecting the markets to uncertainty. So, so um, let's let's good jump. luck editing that one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll dive into EM and V. Let's uh, let's jump into the the sort of um, the commercial side of things. Uh, so you're you're part of the Investor Confidence Project, right? And what what does it do? So the Environmental Defense Fund. It's an NGO, global. Uh, primarily here in the U.S., also in China, and now more and more in Europe. And the, and the Investor Confidence Project is we're pretty heavily uh, engaged here in the U.S., particularly in California, Texas, New York, Connecticut, and New Jersey, but other states as well. Um, we're also running a uh, we we got a European Horizon 2020 European Commission grant. We're also running uh, a parallel project in six countries in Europe, and uh, it's a very sim- it's very similar, frankly, <laughs> to the Open E Meter approach. Um, 
but it's focused on large buildings, commercial multifamily buildings. And uh, it's really the difference between large volumes of data. So I was kind of started talking about this, but in California, we have something called the Property Assessed Clean Energy PACE, okay. which le- this year will do about $500 million in residential energy efficiency. And so that's like 35,000 projects. Those are big numbers. It's still not big, big numbers, but big enough yeah. to get high, high confidence interval portfolios out of. Um, and that's frankly in California, that's, that's the freight train we're riding, right? Um, commercial is not like that. We have very we have relatively small numbers. Um, you know, California. I don't even know what the you know what the total is on commercial, but it's a fraction of what, what we're seeing in residential. And the project pro, the projects and the buildings are all very different. Yeah, hard to know what you're looking at um, in the first place. Hard to hard to underwrite. Very unique, and uh, a lot of risk. So you take an you end up taking a different approach. And this is you know which is. Um, you have to manage risk on each building. You can't just wash it out with large numbers. And frankly, you just need a way to tell what it is you're looking at. And so what the Investor Confidence Project is, is working on it and what we've accomplished is taking kind of all of the complexity and all of the loads of different standards that go into one specific project from how you baseline to how you calculate your savings and you BIPA and ASHRAE 14 and commissioning standards and O&M standards and, M- and IPMVP for measurement and verification at the end. And there are all these different standards that can be applied in different ways. And so what we've, what we'll, so we've done is taken those and assembled them into standard projects. So what we call t- targeted standard and large projects for commercial multifamily buildings. Single measure to hold whole building deep retrofits. And then we've constructed a system where, where we can actually take a project and follow the protocols, put together standard documentation, which is being mapped now into this bead spec. So soon we'll have standard data. Right? This is where a few steps behind in resi, frankly. Everyone, everyone looks at the big stuff and they're like, oh, let's go hunt elephants. But frankly, the, the little stuff is where it's at, potentially, especially in the near term. So we're standardizing the data. And then we have a system for third-party, like independent engineering validation of the project. And then you can certify it as something called investor-ready. And what that means, investor-ready energy efficiency means that this is a standard project that has from your insurance experience and <laughs> from NASA classes. Well, you followed a set of standard underwriting procedures. They're complicated, but they're standard. You have a standard documentation package, and you've had a third-party check it and sign off on it. And now you have a standard asset. And so it plays in a couple different ways. If you're a building owner trying to figure out if this vendor trying to sell you something is somebody you should trust, this helps establish that trust. Um, if you're a finance company, insurance provider, a utility, trying to put money into a project, and you scratch your head saying, how do I know that this is a good project? This, yeah. this is a way to do that. Um, and then it creates that. So it reduces transaction costs in individual projects getting funded, but it's still one by one. Um, but it also then creates the framework so as we get bigger numbers, you can start to package them together and securitize them. Um, and we're building the, the back end of this is as, and we're just at the beginning of this, of really getting data. Mm. Whereas again, in residential, we have a lot of data, um, which is once you have that asset class, then, then the trade for certification is to start to get actuarial data on the performance of these projects. So we can start to establish that you know, large commercial projects follow, that have been certified to have followed, you know, investor confidence project, large commercial version 1.2 protocols has this kind of performance in terms of compared to its prediction and also just in gross terms and then that becomes the basis to underwrite at a portfolio level um but it's gonna take some time we just started collecting the data in a way that's actually usable yeah so it's, and there's it's no way to hurry that right so, yeah. we, we, need, we need we need seasoned data yeah and uh everyone wants it yesterday but it's gonna take time Ooh. Local, local wildlife <laughs> um so 
so yeah, Matt, uh, let's sort of um, let's try and wrap it up. And um, so if you know, so we are here at the at the end of twenty fifteen. So if we put ourselves forward and say it's uh, imagine we're at, uh, in the year twenty twenty one, looking back in the last five years, where would you say Open E Meter is? So. Uh, Frankly, with the Open E Meter and the Investor Confidence Project, I think it's going to be really boring. It's going to be ubiquitous, right? It's going to be just standard infrastructure that's not very interesting at all. And that's actually, we joke about it in the Investor Confidence Project in particular, that uh, success is really a function of this stuff becoming boring again, right? Like, <laughs> right. This, is just, this, is, this is all infrastructure stuff. Like, the real exciting innovation is going to be what happens on top of it. Yeah. And so right now, it's all, it's, you know, we're, we're experiencing this real paradigm shift in the structure of energy efficiency from rebates and programs and this kind of general concept of efficiency to markets where efficiencies are an actual resource. And we have, act, you know, large-scale private investment. And we go from this really, you know, the, we spend $7 billion nationwide. It seems like a big number, but not, not at all compared to like, the, the trillions yeah, we have to spend. Exactly. Right? So, so to be honest, I'm hopeful that this stuff becomes kind of ubiquitous infrastructure yeah. and not all that interesting. And the real stuff we're talking about is like all of the super innovative business models that get built on top of it. And that's actually what makes me confident in, the invest- in both the Investor Commerce Project and the, the Open EE Meter um, is that we're two things, really. First, we're not solving the we're – not, we're not sitting here saying we have the solution for customers – I have plenty of ideas about what I think solutions look like and yeah. would like to test someday and whatnot, and I've been in the market, but we're establishing a market platform that says um, if your idea works, you get paid and you win. Exactly, right? yeah. And so the, anybody that has the solution, frankly, there, isn't, there is no such thing as a solution anyways, but they're selling you something, right? And so we're saying, look, there's a, there's a pretty like, hard line. There's the platform that values and pays for the results, and then there's market solutions. We'll see where those go. So that's one thing that makes me confident is that we're, that we're not proposing that we have the solution and the other piece is that we're just, we're taking energy efficiency and the way we've been doing it we're all in the in the in the efficiency market we're just so accustomed to it it seems like the way everybody does everything but it's really strange and unique like you can't find other markets that look like energy efficiency um and it's just really where it came from frankly like we know the history of it which i won't go and bore everybody with but um the other piece that is kind of exciting that i think is that it just looks like every other market Right, like it has all the same job titles. Yeah, it's structured the same way. I mean, it's pretty much how you finance everything, from a power plant to you know your car loan. It's all the, you know, people worry it's very complicated, and uh, you know, especially in efficiency, is all these new terms and ideas. And it's like, walk to the financial district, talk to a banker, they, they'll understand it, <laughs> yeah. and that's and they do right, and that's the big innovation, is that it's actually really. Uh, this is how so many other businesses already work. And yeah. You know, if you go and get it, you go to a car dealer and you go to buy a car and they offer you a, you know, low interest rate car loan and the salesperson selling it to you. And like behind that is the same system. Yeah. You don't, you don't know it, you know, the, go get a cell phone behind that. It's the same system basically. And so it's, you know, it's, we're not really inventing anything new. Uh, and that's true for both the investor conference and the opening meters. It's really uh, bringing a lot of the same ideas that make other markets work to the table for energy efficiency. Right. Um, uh, thank you very much, Matt. Uh, it's been a pleasure uh, chatting with you and uh, understanding what um, what Open E Meter and the Investor Energy uh, Investor Confidence Project is all about. Um, and, and thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right. Yeah. Cool.
you for listening to the Clean Web Conversations podcast. Are you interested to learn more about the Clean Web movement? Head over to cleanweb.tv. That's cleanweb.tv.